Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit National Gambling Support Line 800-522-4700. Muckleshoot Casino is going to empty the vault. Win your share of $100,000 cash this month. Come in any day and get a free entry. Get bonus entries on Wednesdays and double entries on Tuesdays for every 2,500 points you earn. Just play any of your favorite table games or machines to enter. Drawings are every Wednesday in August from 6.30 to 8 p.m. It's Empty the Vault, and it's only at Muckleshoot, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest, Long Acres Mile Week 2022. What a day it's going to be at Emerald Downs on Sunday. Surely hope you can attend. First race at 2.15. The 87th running of the Long Acres Mile. Of course, the race of the year. Every year at Emerald Downs has a full field of 12. And a fantastic supporting stakes card as well with the Oaks Derby and Distaff, an all-stakes pick four. Joe Withy, Vince Brune, Bill Downs here on Horse Racing Northwest. Guys, uh, I think we're all getting a little bit charged for Sunday. Yeah, I mean, how can you not be? I mean, it's a mile, full field of 12, and it's a, it's a deep field. You got the defending champion background, uh, two to one, I believe, in the line uh, from trainer Mike Pewich. Uh, he, he, uh, two starts ago, won a race, uh, allowance optional climbing race at, at Churchill Downs. But uh, local horses are lining up uh, pretty strong in this race, at least I think so. You got the early speed of Papa's Golden Boy drew the outside. I'd rather draw the outside of on Papa's Golden Boy as opposed to the rail. So, uh, you know, take it to him early, get to the lead, and then, you know, the race will go through Papa's Golden Boy. Um, sluiced his whiz, I think is, is very live. Of course, majestic Eagle for the hall of famer, Neil Drysdale coming up from Southern California, John Lindley, part owner of majestic Eagle top executive, um, mm. who I, th- I think has got a big chance. He's, he's in my top two for sure. Uh, top executive. He said he's been off since, uh, late June, but, uh, he, you know, he has some two turn experience which I think will will be very, very important in a race like this and has some tactical speed and has an inside post. Uh, it doesn't want the lead, obviously. Doesn't, I don't think he'll be anywhere close to the front end, uh, even though he does have some early lick. But uh, we'll see what uh, 
uh, Evan Roman does with the uh, top executives. So all in all, this is, this is shaping up a really great betting race uh, from top to bottom. That is for sure. Uh, Vince, uh, we could have possibly a record handle at Emerald Downs on Sunday. Right. We got 42 horses entered in the four stakes, all stakes pick four. Yeah. We got uh, kicks off with race five will be the Washington Oaks with the field of nine. We've got Slack Tide as the nine to five morning line favorite in there. The one question mark with her, she still has to prove she can route. So that might uh, uh, be the one question mark for handicappers. And then we follow up with the uh, Emerald Distaff going as race six with defending champ Princess of Cairo. She's also nine to five, but buyback uh, for Blaine Wright uh, coming up from California, five to two. She certainly has a big look in that race. And then the Derby through a field of 11. Kind of a rubber match here between uh, Executive Chef, and it's all about the ride, but contention very deep in that one as well. And before the mile, before the pick four, we got a mile consolation with a really tough field of seven older horses in that one too. So yes, uh, the handle should be outstanding. Should be outstanding on Sunday. We fit really well in between a couple of uh, big weekends at Saratoga and Del Mar. The, these aren't their biggest weekends. And uh, we fit in super there. Who's in that uh, mile consolation, the one-mile allowance there, race four, Vince? Yeah, it's a field of seven. And from the rail out, Rocky Tough, who's been really sharp lately. Take Charge Deputy, uh, who will probably be the morning line favorite. Complicate, who's had a good meet here. House of Lords, who proved he could get a mile two back. Naval Escort, Fantastic Day, and El Alto Ombre. So you can make a case for all of the seven. And that's a $40,000 purse, I believe. That is correct. $40,000. Bill, we got to give Vince a little credit here. So uh, different conditions for the mile in 2022 from way, way back, probably the race history when it's been a handicap and weights from our race office. This year, an allowance stake. So based on earnings and uh, earnings at certain times. Well, we had a list with... Uh, some pretty good horses toward the bottom of it, at least stakes horses like Five Star General, who's been placed in the mile the last two years, unmatchable state champion, uh, Washington two-year-old and three-year-old. And not that, you know, uh, Jack McCartney, trainer of unmatchable, tell you, you know, he just wasn't as good last year. He's a lot better this year. And of course he had really big two and three-year-old years. Anyway, uh, it's all perception. Shoot, Ed Nader won at 40 to one. Sabretooth at 20-something to one. Uh, no giveaway at 50 to one or 60 to 60 one. To one yeah. Yeah. But Vince, uh, we had a little, you know, we thought, okay, well, these horses are out. Vince Brune, I was up there in his office and we were on the phone with Phil Ziegler and Vince said, well, hey, try and get an allowance, a six and a half or one mile allowance for Sunday. And I think of some of those horses that know they don't have a great chance in the mile, they might go for that. Well, Phil goes, okay, yeah. I passed that on to Phil. I was on the phone with them and I said, hey, Vince just had a good idea. So that got worked on. And uh, not that so-and-so should be in and so-and-so should be out, but I think we've got the best field possible among the nominees because of that allowance. So 
a good suggestion by you, Vince. And uh, I think you've got some people on your side for sure on that. And the people that went in the uh, well, 40,000 yeah. are happy too. Right. It's finally, it's their decision to make if they yeah. qualified for the race. But you do give them, what you do is you give them an option. Yep. And, and, you know, and if they feel it's a better opportunity for them and their owners to make money, there's a good chance they will jump into that race. So, right. But as you said, though, it's all... You know, uh, who knows? That's right. I, I remember races at Long Acres where the consolation went faster than the mile, I think. At least once I, I could remember that. Yeah. So, uh, in 86. Yeah. So, who knows? But, uh, but yeah, $40,000 allowance is a good alternative because you probably make almost 25 k if you win That's that a race. Great alternative. George Rosales elected to go there with Fantastic Day. And, uh, hey, let's, let's go down the field for the mile. Uh, number one, Sluice Tiz Wiz. Number two, Top Executive. Number three, Majestic Eagle. Number four, Background, Defending Champion. Number five, Kingmeister. Number six, Huge Bigly. Number seven, Unmatchable. Number eight, Hard to Deny. Number nine, Torpedo Away. Number 10, Five Star General. Number 11, Spit and Image. And number 12, Papa's Golden Boy. There it is. And uh, some of the jockeys as well, Vince. You want to relate a couple of jockeys that'll be coming in? Yeah, we... Uh... Everyone probably knows by now that uh, Rocco Bowens yes. sustained an injury at uh, Presque Isle on Monday. So uh, they were able to get Heobani Franco, who has ridden background to victories before in uh, Arkansas and Kentucky. Incidentally, his agent is Gary Stevens, who everyone knows here is a uh, Long Acres Mile winner in the Hall of Fame. And then uh, uh, who else we got? Declan oh, Cannon. Declan Cannon is an accomplished rider in the Midwest, been riding at Del Mar this summer. So you know, a lot of times those Southern California trainers, they want to bring up a jockey they can, you know, give instructions to before they leave. And maybe he's gotten on the horse in the morning. I'm not sure, but he's certainly a qualified rider and uh, he will be up uh, to ride Majestic Eagle, who is the four to one second choice on the morning line. And to me, the biggest wild card in the race, because, yeah. you know, he is certainly an accomplished horse who has kept good company. But uh, who knows how he is going to fare on dirt. Okay. Well, now also Evan Roman won the 2017 mile when he was quite young aboard Gold Rush Dancer. That is correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's also up uh, to ride. Uh, top executive. Top executive. And he's ridden slack tight earlier in the meet for Blaine Wright That's up right. here and gotten some stakes wins. Yeah. So Evan Roman certainly familiar with the mile on Gold Rush Dancer. We'll make some selections in our third segment. Uh, Scott Hansen from the Seattle Times is going to join us. We're going to hear also from Mike Puich on background, who, of course, has been with that horse since day one. And he comes in with pretty similar uh, racing schedule and form as he did last year, which was certainly good enough in the end for the 2021 grade three mile victory. Bill Downs is our track announcer. is going to be calling his first mile. Bill has... Uh, was at the draw yesterday, and Bill, uh, as a handicapper, there's one thing, but that also goes pretty close along with an uh, analyst and a track announcer because you're looking for early speed and looking how this race shapes out in your mind. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. Uh, with Papa's Golden Boy drew the outside for the third straight stake. Yeah, Racky has no choice but to uh, get Papa's Golden Boy out of the gate. The good thing is, is that he's used to breaking from an outside stall in his last two races. He had the outside stall in the sprint races, and he's been in the Long Acres Mile a couple of times. He's been there 
right to the end, hasn't uh, picked up a win yet. And uh, you know, the, the fractions are going to be fast and um, you know, it, it, it does affect other horses who normally like to be part of the early pace, like background who, over, who sat way off the pace mm. in his uh, long anchors mile win uh, last year. And then huge bigly, which I'm sure we're going to talk about a whole bunch uh, in a little bit in one of our later segments, he, he, you know, this horse likes to be on the front end as well. And if you go look at the races, three and four starts back, those races would put him as a top contender. And, and you know, Blaine Wright is so efficient in, uh, in his, uh, his stakes record here at Emerald Downs the last few years. He's the trainer of huge big Lee, So he knows uh, what it takes to win a race like this. And uh, he's interesting. He, he doesn't make my top three or four because this race, like I said, there's a lot of different directions that you can go. And, you know, I respect background, but, you know, just from a handicapper's perspective, you know, two to one, five to two, whatever, or it goes down a little bit lower. That's a little too low for me in a race that has so many other live options at better prices. You know, I, I'm, I'm between top executive and sluice tiz whiz. I'm really excited to see how Majestic Eagle does, the turf horse who's been working up a storm down at uh, Del Mar with some bullet workouts on dirt, seeing how that uh, form uh uh, on turf uh, translates to the dirt and you know and we haven't even talked about uh, half the field and, yeah. and <laughs> that's how that's how that's how uh, hey. incredible of, of a betting race uh, this year's long acres mile is yeah well we know in history that the distance is key to this race it's older horses they're seasoned it's a long sprint sure. or a short route it's a tough distance on a horse and uh you know background pretty much fit it perfectly. He was tactical. He could finish races. You go back in history. Sure. Plenty of speed horses have won the mile, but, uh, with huge, big, huge, bigly and hard to deny both being trained up to this race. Of course, huge, bigly more months. I think it's 10 workouts now that he's had here. Yeah. And, and Bill said it, you know, you got a long acres mile winning trainer. They're calling the shots. And to me, that's big because you got to be a very fit horse to win the mile. As you said, it's a long eight furlongs for a horse. Um, but when you got a guy who knows the routine with a win in three seconds since 2018, that tells me huge biglies probably up to the assignment on, on Sunday, yeah. you know. Uh, but like with Bill, there, it, there's so many ways to go that, you know, uh, a lot of these horses wouldn't surprise me if they won, but you can't, I mean, I personally can't go that deep in a race. You know, I'm going to sink or swim with a couple of horses here. Okay. Yeah. And I think in last week's podcast, we did talk about the governors won pretty easily by Slew's Tiz Wiz. Yeah. It has the rail here. But the next five after that ran really quite well. Uh, Papa's Golden Boy was getting a little late. He did hold on for a second, but... Fantastic day, of course, went into the one-mile allowance, but the others behind him uh, are all in this race. Uh, speaking the, of Spittin' Image and uh, Kingmeister and uh, Five Star General. But to me, the one, I mean, Sluice to his Wes, I thought ran a lot better than any other horse in that race because yeah. he made an elegant, long move, a sustained rally, and uh, and tagged that horse. And he's got the profile, an improving horse, you know, who's coming up to the race beautifully, which just fits you know, the profile of Long Acres mile win. And Tom Wenzel, another guy who's won the mile before yeah. with the great face. So, and uh, he's pretty confident. You know, he's got a, a horse that's just, you know, as he used the word yesterday at the draw, that is peaking, you know. And that's, to me, the kind of music I like to hear coming into a race. Yeah, I think in that first uh, early season allowance won by 
a top executive right on the wire over Papa's Golden Boys. Louis Tizwiz was in there, but he was not a factor at all. And then, uh, of course, he ran a little bit better in the Budweiser and then the Governors. He won that after an allowance win in between. So he's one of the six Washington breads in here. Jose Zanino up from post number one. Uh, boy, if you look at one, two, three, and four there, those are four of the lower-priced horses in the race. In fact, the first three favorites are in the first four posts. Uh, and Sluice Tizwiz actually tied for fourth favorite. Uh, those trips aren't so easy to predict right now, Bill Downs. Well, you know, Sluice Tizwiz is going to be in the back. I predict the back okay. three early on. The, the other ones, the, the, there's a lot of uh, guesswork. You're right. Um, you know, top executive is the one to me. I, I'm kind of interested to, if I would love to know the, uh, the talks on how, mm -hmm. how close to the pace they're going to want to be, you know, Blaine Wright trains huge bigly and top executive huge bigly seems to want to be closer to the pace or needs to be really close to the pace. Um, you know, top executive, you know, last year did win the Muckleshoot Derby. Uh, Sluice Tizwiz was third in that race. I think both horses have improved during their four-year-old campaign. That's why I think the, they they both have big, big chances, and they're probably at my, my top two. I, I'm going back and forth with, with those two, Sluice Tizwiz and top executive, as uh, my top picks. But uh, it's going to be fascinating to watch because uh, they usually line up pretty, pretty uh, deep going into that first turn. And uh, Rocky's got to get Papa's Golden yep. Boy out there. Otherwise, he's got no chance. Here's the thing. Uh, Joe mentioned the posts and the trips. Uh, since 2018, uh, po post eight seems to be the cutoff point at a mile because any horse outside of there since the start of the 2018 meet is one for 48 going wow. a flat mile here. No kidding. Okay. Yeah, on post nine and above. So I don't want to talk anyone off of Papa's Golden Boy because actually for him... He might be the exception because he's so fast early that he's going to clear and cross over probably without too much difficulty, you know, assuming they got to do it. Don't they, they got to do it? Yeah. And the risky run there, maybe you get him too hot into the race. And, but I kind of, you know, I was telling Bill earlier, he's got blazing speed that separates him. What's his best asset? His blazing speed. You know, you don't certainly don't want to run off, but I want, I want to use, if I'm them, I want to use that speed and have all the chasers just knock them off their game, tire them out trying to keep in, uh, keep in contention with him early and then take my chances in the stretch. I know I'm going to be leg weary the final eighth, but maybe by then I've shaken clear, you it's know, worked and, before. and it's worked before. Oh, so, wow. but, uh, he certainly for bill, I'm sure that's where his binoculars will be on that 12 post coming out of the gate. Oh yeah. You got to take a look at that. And you always, always take a look at what the favorite's going to do, even though you don't want to overemphasize uh, what the favorite's doing, especially if the favorite doesn't do very well in the race and people get all over you going, you're, you're... I know one race caller who does. Yes. Uh, so you try not to overemphasize the, the favorite in a race, but uh, they're, 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 this race, it's all action. It's, it's action from the top Boy, to bottom, yeah. field to 12, going a mile, everything going, yeah. you know, all important uh, run around the, the first turn. And, you know, it just uh, it continues up the back stretch and sets up on the turn. And then, you know, last year we saw, uh, you know, it looked like Wind Ribbon was home at the eighth pole. If you, I would yeah. have been like, here's Wind Ribbon. Oh. I would have been like, oh, my goodness. Oh. And then all of a sudden background, you know, Wind yeah. Ribbon kind of hits the, the wall if he was a little too close to that pace and didn't have anything for the final 16th. And background came sweeping on background by. Background and Rocco were the perfect team. A yeah. grinding horse with a, a, a rider who loves to win. And they Talk just wouldn't grinding. be denied. Yeah. yeah. Both grinders. You better believe it. And 
Background could be a few lengths off the pace again this year, you know, with uh, Papa's Golden Boy certainly looking for the lead. And the fact that Huge Bigley and Hard, Huge Bigley and Hard to Deny is, hasn't run in a while, and he's had four or five works, and you know that they're looking for a sharp start because he yeah. he's done his best running two turns on the lead. So uh, there's those two are going to be looking to break well and get right into the race. He's another wild card, huge bigly. He earned 140,000. Yeah, in number two in Washington earnings. So he's a quality horse and he's proven he can go a route of ground. And uh, he's another one that's kind of hard to figure. I, I guess I'd ask you guys this: who's who's the most likely horse if you were having a show parlay going into the mile? Who would you want your money on there? uh well would it be background background or top executive uh sluiced his whiz i think bill's right you know he's not gonna shoot for the lead and that's gonna help top executive because he's gonna get that rail on the first turn majestic eagle now john lindley okay i'm i'm digressing here but uh, majestic eagle lindley has been telling me and probably you that uh he's been told He's been telling trainer Neil Drysdale to get that horse into the race. Let's yeah. let's get him. He's fit and he's seasoned and let's get him going. <laughs> I don't like, have him have too much to do in the last quarter. I'd like to be privy to that conversation, yeah. but he has with Declan Cannon. But I'd be surprised if that is what Neil told him, though. No, Neil, he likes to be off the pace. Now, maybe on dirt, just because turf, that's, you know, I understand. Yeah. You want to be covered up and make the big run late. Uh, but in dirt, it's it's a different ball game. You know, you you do got to be into the race a little bit more. And certainly those bullet works kind of catch your eye. I'll be curious to see what a guy like Andy Harrington, who does the Clockers Report in Southern California, has to say about those works, you know, because sometimes mm. what you see time-wise isn't exactly, you know, as great, you know, if you actually watched it. But certainly it looks like he's he's training fine. Yeah, and that's the old uh, clocking adage: uh, forty-six and four equals fifty. So yeah, it's all about how the how they they perform during the workout. Who's up? Who's aboard? You can make a big difference if you got an exercise uh, jock or boy or girl who's you know one hundred and. 40 pounds as opposed to a buck 10 jockey. Yeah. I mean, that's 30 extra pounds. But let me, let me see this. Neil is, as we all know, is not one to let him rip in the morning. No. So the fact that this horse is training fast tells me that Mr. Drysdale realizes this is a different assignment for the horse. And he's probably been a little more aggressive with him yep. in okay. the morning. It sure looks that way. Okay. Well, majestic Eagle and uh background, they let's, they've probably been facing a little bit better horse. I think we said this on last week's podcast after the governor's, and Sluice Tiz Wiz won so easily and impressively. We just thought at a mile, boy, background has an advantage over these first six out of the governors, including the winner. But uh, things can even up and, uh, as weeks go by and strategy sets in and, uh, well, different It's stimulus. worth remembering that background's four for six at a mile. Yeah. So that's, that is his distance. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, the mile is race 8 of 10 on Sunday. We'll have the Railbird Rally Sunday morning. If you're in the track, you can come on over to the park. We'll be there from 11 to 12.30 for the Railbird Rally. We'll have a few little prizes there, and uh, we'll have some selections on the whiteboard. Bill and Vince are both going to spend a little time over there as well as some other guests concerning the mile. But before that, racing on Friday night, first race, 7 p.m., and a seven race card. Saturday, you can go to our lone breakfast 
at The Wire Show of 2022. Breakfast at The Wire from 8 to 10.30 a.m. It's during training. Uh, horses will be on the track. Dean Mazuka's hosting. It's Long Acres Mile flavor, of course. Free to attend breakfast at The Wire, 8 to 10.30 a.m. Enter through the paddock grate gate. There are some uh, $8 breakfast options available if you want to eat as well, but uh, it'll be a good Long Acres Mile show. And right after that, if you want to run or walk around the Emerald Downs Oval yourself, we'll have a timer up on the board. So if you want to run and uh, go against the clock or your friendly foes, you can run the mile. Uh, donation suggested to benefit the PDJF, the Permanently Disabled Jockey Fund, and you can enter uh, run the mile or walk the mile at emeralddowns.com. That's Saturday morning at 11 a.m. So those are a couple of the things going on. Uh, just a fantastic card on Sunday. Uh, let's spend just a little time on last week. We had a couple of new stakes winners in the Shinpo and the Lads. Uh, we had some quarter horse qualifiers for our big quarter horse day on August 28th. Uh, how about last week's honors, Vince? Yes, last week's honors. We had Jake Samuels been riding really well since returning to action a couple weeks ago. He is our jockey of the week, our trainer of the week. Uh, Greg Moore kind of runs a smaller stable, but his horses the last few years have sure done well in Oreo's Dream. That was a really uh, nice run uh, yep. for the feature race victory. Looked like a winner every step of the way. Got the money in, I believe it was the Friday night feature. Owner mm -hmm. of the week, Finger Gun Racing number two. That's uh, one of Blaine Wright's syndicates. They own a nice filly named Fire Escape, who was claimed uh, one of the Finger Gun Racing people is uh, Scott Sasha, who Joe okay. and I know well here, yeah. who works at Emerald Downs. His wife, Heather, is a great uh, freelance photographer. So uh, congratulations to Finger Gun Racing. And then the Wabred, a huge effort last week, Pistol Power. Um, just, I think I got a 78 buyer. Did he really? Yeah. Wow. And, uh, those, uh, he's been a hard hitter here the oh, last man. few years and he seems yeah, to come on as the no, season goes on. on I'm so, sick about, well, not, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I those like are our awards. power I have, but yeah, I, he's yeah, a nice horse. I didn't tie that one up right. But, uh, congratulations, uh, to Pistol Power, that older horse in the Jesse Velasquez barn. Our new stakes winners were Aloha Breeze in the Barber Shinpo. She dominated that under Eddie Martinez for owner George Todaro, trainer Tom Wenzel, and It's Turbo came up the inside under Leslie Mowing and uh, took that uh, WTBOA Lads in the final 16th as well as a price at 12-1 to 1 for uh, Roy and Ellie Schaefer. <laughs> that was another fish you missed catching, right, Joe? It's Turbo. Uh, uh, yeah, that was that kind of week. I yeah. know that feeling. Rev Racing. Yeah, I had I had I had bet him the race before and when I was in the paddock. Oh yeah, that's that horse I bet. Now he's getting an extra half furlong. Gotta go bet him. And uh yeah. And uh great job by Frank Lucarelli for its turbo Leslie Mowing aboard. Those two were new stakes winners at Emerald Downs last week. And weekend. Rev Racing, boy, they come up with some two year olds around here, don't How they? How about them? Roy and Ellie Schaefer, yeah. Cobra Jet last year. Track attacker going back. You Mach know, one rules. Mach one rules, of course. Yeah, horse of the meat here. So, Roy and Frank, boy, they have been a, they really pick out some horses at that sale, don't they? They have done so well together. Okay. Uh, and the news and notes. Uh, They'll be up a day late. Okay. They'll be up uh, tomorrow afternoon, probably early. Friday. Yep. Okay. Yeah. It's been a busy week. We had the draw yesterday for the mile and the other three stakes. So, um, 
we drew about close to half the card. Well, we did draw half the card for Sunday yesterday. The other half was completed today. That'll well, be... we drew 40% Sunday yesterday. Well, we drew the one mile allowance, so that was five, five races. Oh, okay. I thought we drew that one today, so... Um, semantics semantics don't whatever worry no, about it. no we had to draw it yesterday to make sure that uh yeah right no you're right yeah. yeah okay joe good. is correct as usual no. and i'm wrong no. <laughs> wonderful yeah so uh <laughs> good deal as we used to say in the southern california press box <laughs> am i saying michael mccarthy training for redham racing that's never happened before so anyhow, we I'm will take a short break and come back with scott hansen of the seattle times here on horse racing northwest Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first. 30 days with that much free cash on the line what do you have to lose get started at first.com slash bet that's number one st.com slash bet and don't forget promo code sport of kings when you sign up and if you already have an express bet account you're way ahead of the game simply log into first bet using your username and password and you're off to the races a few 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with first bet and reside in the state where such activity is legal void to prohibited national gambling support line 800-522-4700 Horse Racing Northwest continues its Long Acres Mile Week at Emerald Downs, the 87th running of the mile this Sunday. And thanks for joining us and listening to Horse Racing Northwest. A man who knows a lot about the mile, uh, he's covered it. We'll get the total years, but uh, for a couple of decades plus, and uh, it's got a nice story coming out in the Sunday edition of his paper, The Seattle Times. We welcome Scott Hansen to Horse Racing Northwest. Good afternoon, Scott. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Scott, good. Great to have you here. Scott was at the draw on Wednesday at Emerald Downs. And, uh, Scott, uh, we've got six Washington breads in the, in the race. We've got the defending champion. We've got a dynamic speedster. We've got a couple other horses that are pretty capable off a little layoff. Um, it's just another Long Acres mile, it looks like. You know what? It's it's funny. You know, there's no skyjack in this field. There's no horse. You know, we don't have any grade one type winners in this field. But I think because of that, I mean, any horse this horse, I don't know. Actually, there's a single throwout in the field. I mean, there's horses I'm throwing out, but I mean, you know, there's a lot of years where you probably see maybe three, four horses really have a legitimate chance to win. And I think, you know, you probably go eight, nine, ten this year. It's a really good betting race. It's one of the better betting races at the Longer's Mile I've seen in a while. Yeah, uh, that's what Vince was saying just a, a little while ago, that he, he doesn't usually go too deep, but he said he probably could this year in structuring a ticket that way. Uh, and uh, this weekend in the Times, uh, we'll be having a story about one of our jockeys that it's involved in the race. Tell us about that. Yeah, I'm doing a story on, on Kevin Rack. You know, he's obviously kind of an interesting guy. Uh, he left the sport for eight or nine years, started a couple of different uh, garbage businesses, and uh, he was doing everything, you know, taking accounts, delivering the garbage, picking it up. And, you know, it said it was much more lucrative than horse racing, which is, <laughs> which is pretty cool for him. And he ended up selling the businesses off and bought a nice little farm and was just kind of enjoying life. But 
started galloping horses uh, for Kay Cooper and uh, got one he got one he really thought was pretty good and got the itch to ride again and here he is so he'll be on Papa's Golden Boy he's got a got his work cut out from a number twelve spot but uh you know uh, he's good out of the gate so yeah Kevin's an interesting story I enjoy talking with him I think uh, I think readers will enjoy reading about him. Kevin Radke, yeah, in his second stint here at Emerald Downs, is uh, he was a, a two-time riding champion and was really unfortunate not to win two more titles when he was hurt uh, around the 1st of September a couple of seasons. But uh, he hasn't won the mile, and uh, he, he can tell you every eight furlongs of those rides that he had aboard mile horses, he's good that way. And, um you know, he's he's got Papa's golden boy. We know pretty much what he's going to do, especially from the 12 post. They're going to be looking for some speed early. And just one of the, the many stories in the mile. And uh, look for that in the Times on Sunday. Kevin Radke, uh, real interesting life. Uh, Vince, uh, of course, you've been around him a lot as well. Uh, he's a plumber. He's a carpenter. He can fix anything, build anything. And as Scott mentioned, he bought and sold or he built up a couple garbage businesses i know yeah. one was from scratch yeah and yeah. it's kind of interesting scott the, had to put the story on hold for a year because yeah. last year right when the day i believe you were going to interview him uh, that was when he was at the broken arm or uh, that he yeah, had in an accident at the farm and you and you had to shelve it but here we are 12 months later and he's on a yeah no he like called me up and said hey i'm sorry i'm gonna have to cancel <laughs> i uh, was cutting down some uh, branches and Branch hit me on the arm and broke my arm, so I'm done riding for the year. I said, "All right, well, we'll uh, we'll, we'll come back next year." So yeah, we did it this year. It was it was unfortunate timing, obviously, uh, for him. But um, but now he's back in the mile. That's um, hope he uh, hope he has a good race. Scott, you're a handicapper. Do you think the horse has a, has a realistic shot in here going a mile? Uh, you know, I just wonder. You know, is he fast enough to not get stuck too far wide? I mean, you know, Kevin's such a good gate jockey. You know, I'm not throwing him out. I mean, you know, there's four or five I'm looking at, and he's one of them. I mean, you know, if he can somehow, you know, get the lead and, you know, go 45 and change or, you know, I'm not sure he'll be that fast up front. I mean, I guess I'd be a little surprised if he won, but but I'm not that surprised. I, I kind of like him better this year, actually, than I did last year, to be honest with you. Well, then he has a pretty good chance because he was only beaten about two lengths last year. Two and a quarter, yeah. yeah. No, he. I mean, I mean, I, I think if uh, you don't include him, you might be uh, getting pretty nervous. You know, halfway through the race, he's built up to you know two or three length lead and looks fairly relaxed. So, uh, you he, know, he'll he, definitely give you your money's worth for a while, if nothing else. Yeah, he will. He, he's powerful. And uh, Bill uh, hasn't he broken on top the last couple races as well as then he's got the big speed after that. Yeah, I mean, he's always been decent from the gate. You know, when he won the the Budweiser, he was exceptional. I I I I told Vince and uh, Joe, I I don't know of too many horses in North America that would have beaten him in in the Budweiser stakes. I yeah. mean that that's that awesome. Yeah, I mean that was about as that was an A plus performance. Yeah, and he you know so he had an A plus performance and he come back um four you know four weeks later and try and repeat it in the Governors. He didn't repeat it, but he still ran pretty darn well, mm -hmm. losing to a, a, a massively improving horse uh, such as Sluice Tiz Wiz. And it's just going to be, you know, can you get around that turn? And then, you know, what's the half mile time? And 
then then at that point I'll I'll have to kind of make a calculation in my head to if I'm really going to be uh, you know seeing if if Papa's Golden Boy can see it out or you know background sluice his whiz Scott who who's your pick in here what do you think of background uh, the defending champion and uh, what do you think of, or what, what what's your top pick in, in this race and you know what so I've kind of got down to four or five I'm probably I, I mean if background runs his race he'll be hard to beat. It does scare me. I know, you know, people, when they don't run good, oh, well, he didn't like the track. I know he liked the track when he ran here last year. But, you know, the last race, it wasn't great. He has had a few clunkers this year. When he, if, if he runs his race, he's run one of his better races, he'll be extremely tough to beat. But I'm not sure, you know, a two-to-one or he goes off a seven-to-five, if I have that much confidence that he won't run a bad race because he has run a few of them. If he runs his best race, he'll be tough. I really think Slew's Tiz Wiz, like you're talking about, I mean, that was a really impressive performance in the governor's mm-hmm. i think tom Lenzel's we had him really in a good spot i think the mile would be perfect for him i'm not real bothered by the rails because he doesn't need to be i mean i think he can you know carve out a nice trip save ground on the first turn probably pick him over background just because of you know eight to one two to one i think it'll be a lot better odds um i picked background last year i mean i probably wonder probably wish i would have um good job. i'm gonna go for long shot looking a little unmockable a little bit Mm-hmm. Saw that horse uh, when they're watching on TV when he ran to Arizona. Thought that that was a pretty darn good race. And I love the fact that he can, you know, he has speed. Or you know, he came from way back in the mile, you know, a couple of years, last year and I think ran what, third or fourth. So I think he he could run a good race. I think so. That's kind of my long shot, unmockable. And I guess my top two uh, probably we lose his whiz and background. Very good. Are we going to see that in the Seattle Times on Sunday, uh, Scott Hansen? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, good. I, I'm, I think I'm going to have a, do my top four picks. I, I mean, I'm, I haven't completely figured out three and four, but at this point I think I'll probably go salute his whiz first, background second, unmockable third, and probably Papa's Golden Boy fourth. Okay, very good. Scott Hansen joining us from the Seattle Times. and. Scott, with a little extra coverage for our sport, it's going to be, uh, we're you know, again, we don't want to jinx it, but we could have an all-time record handle here with uh, the field size in the... Yeah, I mean, just great, great, good betting races on that. that uh, that's all, all stakes pick four. I mean, man, that's, those are four really good races. They really are. I mean, it's come together fantastically well. And again, uh, Saratoga Del Mar, these aren't their biggest Sundays for sure. Our, our national placement is going to be fantastic as well. And when people look at the field size, um, they're going to be taking a look at Emerald Downs on Sunday. And we're going to have a good crowd on track as well. Uh, just some great storylines with, uh, of course, the defending champ uh, owned by Bob Rondo doesn't help. Uh, some new jockeys into the track. Uh a super speed horse and some upcomers last year's horse of the meeting top executive uh great storylines for the mile you mentioned skyjack earlier uh when we just first started here um what about some of the the best performances by a mile winner since you've seen and covered uh, emerald downs long acres mile action yeah i go i go back to silver mallet Ooh, 10 years what old. you go um, back that far yeah wow believe it or not you were young um, then. Yeah, um, I was ten years old. My dad took me first time. Nice. Um, you know, I mean, Skyjack of all the of all the Emerald Downs ones. I mean, he was just phenomenal that day. I mean, that was you know. But there's been really a lot of good a lot of good ones here. I mean, uh, you know, flamethrowing Texan being Papa Chulo. I mean, that was. I mean, that was great. I mean, Wasserman coming from way back and you know, the crowd was was just incredible that day. 
Um, those are the three I really remember. Emerald Downs. Um, Chum Salmon coming from way back. Was it 84, yeah. 85? 85, In yeah. The, uh, to, win, to win, that was, I mean, I mean, that was a great field he beat. Um, you know, I think it was a nine to one, but he, he sounded like he was one to five to the crowd that day. Um, and of course, what Trooper Seven winning in front of the, the record crowd on in '81 that was like just nuts how nuts that was. Um, but you know, Bad and Big was I think Vince said he, that was his favorite. Kind of got him in Bad and Big. It's obviously a great horse, so I remember that one really well too. And another one of my favorites was Theologist winning. I think it was '76, '77. I don't know. You have better yeah. dates than I am, but. I got it all. Is, I've got all the, the data right in front of me here, Scott. So I can I can be accurate. But anyway, yeah. yeah well, Miles ago, that's a great race because I mean I can sit back and you know these are my seven, my five or six favorite. But if you start telling me, hey, what about this year? What about that year? Oh yeah, that was great. That was great. I mean, mm. it's it's one of those things where as I get older, I remember less and less races. But you don't forget the long mile. I mean, I'll remember one race next year, and that'll be this race on on Sunday. Yep. Yeah, it's a unique distance for older horses, a big field. Uh, just have to be a heck of a horse to beat uh, your entire competition in the Long Acres Mile, and that uh, will crown a champion on Sunday. But until then, there's going to be a lot of a lot of talk, a lot of opinions. That's horse racing. And, uh, hey, we're very happy that you're covering the sport here in Western Washington, Scott. Uh, always uh, good to see you at the track. And, and uh, uh, best wishes next week. Just having a little, uh, a little something done physically. Uh, we sure hope uh, that goes well for you. Yep, looking forward to getting back to the attraction. Good. Thanks for joining us, Scott. Thanks, Scott. Take care, guys. Thanks, Scott. Scott Hansen of the Seattle Times joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. Uh, check out the newspaper on Sunday. Uh, you've heard a lot of talk about Kevin Radke over the years. He came in this year, guys. He was just super fit, the weight room, uh, rehabbing. And then the fact that he had David Marble Singer as his agent gave him a little bit extra boost in his step, and uh, he's having a, an outstanding season. He told me the other day he's going to ride after uh, Emerald's done here in September, um, either uh, Phoenix or possibly even the Cleveland area. Tells he, me his body's feeling good. Exactly. That's exactly right, because uh, he's got some work going on over at his farm there. But thanks to Scott, uh, and we'll come back, yeah, with our final segment here, Mile Week on Horse Racing Northwest. Mucklesuit Casino is going to empty the vault. Win your share of $100,000 cash this month. Come in any day and get a free entry. Get bonus entries on Wednesdays and double entries on Tuesdays for every 2,500 points you earn. Just play any of your favorite table games or machines to enter. Drawings are every Wednesday in August from 6.30 to 8 p.m. It's empty the vault and it's only at Muckleshoot, the biggest and best in the Northwest. just over a quarter mile away. And Papa's Golden Boy at the inside with just a nose in front. Any port in a storm is right there. Wind Ribbon is gearing up from the outside. Background is called on as well. And they head down the stretch in the mile. And Wind Ribbon lays claim to the lead. In deep stretch, it's Wind Ribbon. Here comes Background flying on the outside. And... Background just up. Horse Racing Northwest, 87th Long Acres Mile this Sunday at Emerald Downs. A fantastic all-stakes 
four, pick four, with the Washington Oaks, the Muckleshoot Derby, the Emerald Distaff, as well as a full field of 12 for the 87th mile. Defending champ is back, and he's 2-1 to one on the morning line, the favorite, and it's background, owned by Bob and Molly Rondo, trained by Mike Puich, and uh, unfortunately a last-minute jockey change at entry time. And here to talk about the horse and uh, repeat performance is trainer Mike Puich. Mike, welcome. Hey, Joel. How you doing, buddy? Mike is the trainer of background from day one. And, uh, you know, we had John after the end of the season last year or after the mile, and it was just such a great recap. You, uh, a Renton guy, you'd won the mile in 2012 with Taylor said, this horse you had been around from pretty much day one. You saw him before the purchase was final. Yeah, we uh, actually, before he ever ran, um, we purchased him before his first race as a two-year-old, um, late in his two-year-old year, and he made his first start at Oakland Park uh, January of his three-year-old year. Yeah, and he had a solid three-year-old year last year, won two very nice races in the Midwest, and came out to Emerald Downs for the mile, and uh, it was a thrilling finish. You can watch that race at emeralddowns.com, and we've talked about the finish of that race, Mike. Uh, just such a dramatic win. Uh, Bob and his wife, so well-known, and uh, Rocco Bowen returning home for the first time since 2018. Uh, and we've talked about the trip because background had been showing tactical speed and came from several lengths off the pace. What a finish it was. What about his running style for this year? Is is anything much changed with him? Not really. Um, you know, he's pretty versatile. Uh, he did come from back off the pace a little bit farther, but I'll tell you the fractions were awfully fast in that race last year, a lot faster than, uh, say, that they see back there in, in the Midwest where he's been running. You know, we don't normally, a route race will get a 47 and change half, and we think it's fast. So out here, 44 is like pedestrian speed. <laughs> um, so that that being said, I wasn't shocked that he was back that far, but, um, you know, he does have better tactical speed than than he showed. You know, you got to get extremely lucky, um, and he had a little bit of a some tough luck into that first turn. A lot of bouncing around goes on, and um, he kind of got shuffled back a little bit early in the race too. So that plus the hot pace, um, you know, he was back farther than normal. But um, it didn't shock me that he was that back back that far when they were going down the backside. I just was hoping for a clean trip, and then at the three eighths pull, I was just praying to get up for second money because yeah. it just didn't look like we were going to get there. It didn't, but he did. Background and Rocco got up for that dramatic finish. Uh, the We talked about the post position earlier. Background drew number four, two to one morning line favorite. You know, this year, 2022 is seemingly quite similar to his 2021 season. Uh, does it look that way to you? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's... Uh, He's lightly raced. You know, we don't run him a lot. He's he's the type of horse that kind of, he likes to have his races spaced out. And it's a really, really tough job for a trainer to keep a horse racing at that level two years in a row. So I've been very fortunate um, that that he stayed healthy enough that we could even be in this position. And, and credit that to Bob and Molly as well. They're patient with if we have to give them a little time in between races and um we pick out some spots but it's been a 
it's been quite a bit tougher this year because his conditions um, are to where he has to run against open, more open company than he was in the past because he's won so many races now. Um, and that, that entails hooking some really tough horses back there. Um, so the fact that he's back and it is kind of similar, it's similar, but he's had a little bit, it's been a little bit of a tougher path than last year, just competition wise getting here. And, um, I'm not taking anything away from the horses he ran with last year, but this year there were some, he ran with some, every race was like a grade two. Yeah. And, uh, just two outstanding wins, one at Oakland, one at Churchill Downs and coming out West, uh, and not that you have to do everything perfectly the same or exactly the same because he won, but you certainly remember the routine last year. Is it similar? And his... Yeah, we're kind of doing, if it's not broke, don't fix <laughs> yeah. it, you know, and, um, he had his final, uh, preparation on Sunday. He worked five eights at the farm and, um, it was a really nice work. I was really happy with it and he came out of it in really good fashion. So my job now is to just kind of get him in here and make sure he's as happy on race day as he is today. And my job's done. And then it's just up to the racing lock. And you know, what a great field this is. It's com it's competitive as heck. There's just a lot of multiple winners in here. Great trainers. As I've always said, the, the trainers, it's hard to come up here and win this race and to ship in here and win this race. And, and a lot of that's a tribute to the great horsemen that are up here and same way, you know, Neil Drysdale's coming in here and uh, you know, there's some good trainers, just top trainers here. Uh, in looking at the draw, five of the first six favorites are in the first six post positions. And you have the second favorite right next to you, Majestic Eagle. The third favorite is two gates away, top executive and the two post I'm sure your mind has been working on a, a possible scenarios and trips, but uh, you've got a versatile horse. Uh, what are you yeah. thinking? I, I'm just really thinking that um, you got Papa's golden boy drew the outside post. So I, I don't see him trying to do a tactical maneuver and take him back off the pace. He's going to be sent as hard as you could send a horse to get over and clear. Um, he's going to be on the lead. I think when they go into the first turn and then, the rest of it, like I said, you get that first turn here, it's a short run and it's um, every man for himself. You know, it's a it's a cavalry charge. So I'm just hoping to get lucky and just get a clean come out of there in a clean spot. Um, you know, Slew's Tiz Wiz is coming off a really nice win. I, I love that horse. He's just a hard knocker and top executive. I've been a real big fan of his since the first time I ever saw him run. Um, and he just does nothing but win. You know, so uh, Majestic Eagle, he's all turf, but his pedigree, you know, he's by Medagliduro out of a tap at Mare. Well, they'll, last I checked, those horses run mm -hmm. on broken glass. So he he's definitely a, a horse to beat in there. Huge Bigley's coming off a layoff, but Blainwright always has his horses ready to go. Um, I expect nothing less from him. And, you know, hard to deny is a nice horse. Torpedo Away was just recently claimed, but... Um, a horse kind of soft, uh, I got a soft spot far as, uh, Mr. Glenn Todd's old horse, five-star general. He's been unlucky. He's, he had a really, uh, good trip last year and had a, had a nice run in the mile, ran third. And, um, you know, I expect him to run a pretty decent race as well. 12 runners. We've gone over the field background, the defending champ post number four, and a little bit about your rider, Giovanni Franco, uh, with the replacement for Rocco Bowen, but boy, I think 
you know that uh, you have a jockey that is familiar with the horse. Tell us about Giovanni Franco in your eyes. You know, Gio is a very, very good rider. He's a very good tactical rider. Um, he's kind of the polar opposite of Rocco. <laughs> Bowen Rocco's emotional and he's out there and he's going to jump up and down and do his thing. And he's going to, if the horse isn't getting it done, he's you think he's going to jump off and pull the horse. He's so, and Gio's kind of a laid back type of a, uh, chess player type of a, but a very, very intelligent rider. He's my go-to guy. We were very successful together back in Oaklawn and um, with several horses. And as a matter of fact, he's ridden all three of my horses that are running that day. So we were fortunate enough when Rocco got injured um, that he could pick up the mounts and come. Giovanni Franco in to ride the Long Acres Mile for the first time. And Mike Puich with participants in the Oaks and uh, the favorite in the Emerald Distaff as well, Princess of Cairo, the defending champ there. Wow. You got a little pressure on you this weekend, Mike Puich. Yeah, we do. And, you know, I actually, she's been training so well, I actually nominated her for the mile mm. in case background stub to toe or anything because um, she's trained that forwardly that I really, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate to take a shot. Um, that being said, it's a tough race to run against the Phillies and Mares here, tough enough. So, yeah, there is pressure there. But I really, um, if she's as happy Sunday as she is right now today, I expect big things from her. Mike Puich set for a big day on Long Acres Mile Sunday. Native of Renton goes back in his history with the mile. He was a young and when Turbulator was uh, dominating in 1970, that became uh, his favorite horse. That He might be replaced right now, but he's still high on the list. Mike, uh, great luck to you this weekend. Thanks to Mike Puich for joining us. Mile Week here on Horse Racing Northwest, the defending champion trainer of background and some great insight into that whole story. Uh, just once again, boy, he's coming in very similar fashion. Mike said that, you know, we're doing kind of the same things, going up to Pegasus uh, from the Midwest and then coming in the same time. Uh, he says, you know, superstition's, not really ruling. It just worked last year. So a legitimate favorite, outstanding miler background, two to one morning line favorite for the mile. Okay, uh, fellas, how about some sports shorts? I guess I can kick it off here. I'm going to go with some of the things that I mentioned at uh, the draw on Wednesday. Some firsts and Gadget Queen, the dam of huge bigly. Gadget Queen can become the first Emerald Down Stakes winner to produce a Long Acres Mile winner. She is the dam of huge bigly. And I think I misinterpreted uh, this a little bit yesterday, but I'll clear it up right now. The top executive can become the first top three-year-old of the meeting at either Long Acres or Emerald Downs and then go on to win the Long Acres Mile as a four-year-old since... Chinook Pass in 1982 and 1983. I think I mentioned Horse of the Meeting top executive, which he was, but just the top three-year-old male uh, going on to win the mile in his four-year-old season. It doesn't happen that often. Four-year-old's kind of your peak year. And uh, I think I had one other first. Oh, the first starter in the mile for trainer Bob Meeking since 1979. He started Bucksaw in the 1979 mile, won by Vince. Oh, 
1979 was always gallant yep which was a track record at the you time when you usually say his name you usually say it in the gary henson mode it's now always gallant there you go, the there you go. <laughs> okay this will be bob meeking's first starter since all uh bucksaw in 1979 bill how about a sports short well i guess i'll have to go back to, to my seattle mariners okay because after uh, splitting with the uh, lowly uh, Los Angeles Angels, the big bad New York Yankees came to town, and Vince and I were at the game, and we we were there for a loss. But then our uh, Mariners came back to take two or three against uh, against the Yankees, and and we talked about the trade, uh, Luis Castillo from the Reds, and boy oh boy, he matched strides every inning with Garrett Cole. It was, you know, it was an extra inning affair. It was uh, quite a quite a debacle in extra innings with the Yankees screwing up uh, base running all over the place. But uh, the Mariners, we talked about earlier in, the, in, in previous podcasts that the schedule's really tough coming out of the All-Star break. They got a lot of games against the Astros and Yankees, but now it's a little bit easier. A lot easier. You got a lot of series. I think they got at least three series with the Athletics, who are pitiful, who couldn't hit the ball out of a – uh, you know, a small uh, outfield, uh, 300 feet uh, deep. They they can't do anything, and and Seattle should be able to do well against them. They got Detroit a couple series, and they're no good. Uh, so things are looking up for for the Mariners. I know everyone's talking about out east the Baltimore Orioles, and it's a great story. Don't get me wrong, but uh, the Mariners have no excuse. Uh, they got a one-two, um, you know, with uh, Gilbert and Arroyo. Or Gilbert and Castillo, excuse me. A one, two, three. When you throw in Ray, yeah, he's pitching well. Exactly. So the pitching wise, they're there, and you know, and the big boy is going to be coming back at yeah. Julio Rodriguez this weekend, I believe. And uh, the, the, this team's interesting. I know the American League is 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 really tough with the when you got the Astros, but uh, it's just it's nice uh, seeing the, the Mariners playing some good baseball. It's, it's funny. I went on a, a couple Yankees chat rooms yesterday, last night, just for fun. And oh God! The amount of stuff they know about the Seattle Mariners uh, is next to nothing. Really? And they're well, they still think you know the Seattle yeah. Mariners are lowly and. Couple guys are analyzing. They're going, "Who do they got?" They had never even. They didn't even realize Julio Rodriguez is on the team. and didn't play one of those six games, so they will learn. I'm afraid, but yeah. So they went ten and ten in that tough twenty game stretch. So Bill, I think you're onto something. Are we here. talking possible playoffs for the Mariners well, this year? Well, yes, they're eighty eight percent according to some sites right now because no of their schedule and where they're at right now. So we'll see. It's yeah. yeah, it's been 20, 20 years. 20. So anyway, my sports short yesterday, we at the mile draw, they showed a race which brought back some memories, which was the final one at Long Acres, Baloo Light. Mm. And Joe, you remember going into that race there, everyone's wondering what the strategy would be. And the last thing anyone thought was Blue Light was going to come from well off the pace, up the rail to win. Not only did he do that, it was an unbelievable ride by the late Ron Hansen. And it just reminded me of what a great, darn jockey Ron Hansen yeah. was. It, it might have been the greatest ride in Washington racing history. Blue Light had just won the Governors on the lead and other yeah. races. And he had, did he have the 11 or 12? I know it was one he, of the two. And you go back, he, yeah, and he dropped into the rail on the first turn yeah. to save all kinds of ground. But you're thinking, geez, he's taking this horse way out of his running style here. And then lo and behold, here he comes up the rail to beat Ibero and Charmonier, who are both two very good horses. And time to pass was and on. time to pass, yeah. At, so. at Long Acres, yeah, that was uh, that was a very, very special ride. And he just emerged there about the 316th pole on the inside. You know, he really was that far out of it earlier yeah. on. He had those good horses in front of him, and he 
was it, able to win it. It was an Eddie Delahousse type thing where you Most get definitely. horses to do things that the forum says they can't do. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great one, the 92 mile. Uh, okay, just to clarify, uh, I didn't mention that Bob Meeking is starting Kingmeister in the mile on Sunday, who was uh, fast closing sixth in the governor's up the inside. And uh, this is the first time ever there have been six Washington breads in the mile at Emerald Downs. I didn't go back all the way in history. But... Freddie Desimone, who's supported the race, yeah. second time in three years he has a horse, and his grand his grandson had some fun yeah. drawing the pill yesterday. He <laughs> did have some fun. He wanted to get them all out there and play with all of them like Legos or something. <laughs> but uh, we they got it done, and they got uh, what post did they get? They got uh, I got that. He here. ended up doing good. Five, the well, five, I five, think. Okay. Yes, Kingmeister. Yeah. Okay. Hey. Uh, there's a couple of sports shorts, and let's go on to some handicapping angles. Uh, let's start with, or we're going to do the pick four structure. Vince, what's your pick four structure like? Well, I'm more of a pick three and a daily double okay. player. So I, as Bill and you, I've always heard, I like people who single, and because you got to be a little finer in your handicapping. So if I do play a pick four, I usually have at least two singles. And then I can go pretty deep in the other two races that I'm less sure of and maybe catch a price. And again, I don't want a single, so I'm probably unusual. I don't want a single a six to five or a four to five. I want a single something that's probably usually seven to two or higher because the value goes off the charts. If you can get one of those home and then in your spread races, you can catch a price. Now all of a sudden you're looking at some pretty good money. So I play usually play tickets that don't have a great percentage of hitting, but when I do hit, I like to make it worthwhile. Yeah, kind of like that. Um, but, and you also have a, um, you don't, if you're going to single a, if you're going to use a heavy favorite, you should single it. I, I've heard yes. you criticize. Yes. Okay. I think the last, I think the real, if you play a lot, the last thing you want to do is go four deep to get a six to five or an even money shot home. And I see that on TVG and all these other things all the time. And but what happens if you single like a six to one on another leg? You, you're, you're allowed to go four deep in that leg with the with the heavy favorite. So in in leg A, you single a six to one yes. morning line. Leg B, you use the seven to five favorite, but also three others. You're against that even. I am. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm in a situation like that. I might throw it in or whatever, but I probably wouldn't even play the sequence okay. then in a situation like that. So I'm an unusual player in that I just I'm willing to lose a lot of times to to try to hit it and make up for all the losses and then some. But Very that's good. my idea. Yeah, Bill. Well, you know, you're allowed to play more than one ticket, so exactly. you can play different scenarios. And with a pick four, especially when you're talking about 50 cents, a lot of people can cover a lot of different combinations. So you can take different scenarios. In one race, you might you might, you might might find that horse that's like a five-to-one shot, and that might be a single. And if you lose, you might play the other ticket, and you spread a little bit, then you find somewhere else. You got to beat a couple favorites for anything to pay in the pick four, especially with the 50 cents. Uh, if you're talking a dollar, it changes things significantly. I mean, just people can't, the normal people can't cover as many combinations. So beat some favorites, beat a couple favorites. You're allowed to play more than one ticket. That's the other thing people forget. Uh, they want to use those caveman tickets uh, that uh, sometimes we see uh, on TV a whole uh, a whole lot. Um, and there's they're they're okay on occasion if you're if you're trying to beat if you're throwing favorites out. Hey, you can be a caveman ticket and go. 
two, three deep in each race if, if that's what you're trying to do. But there's, you know, there's a lot of different ways uh, to do it. Um, but, you know, I, I like Vince's uh, idea of you know, singling somewhere. And that, that also applies uh, even more so with the pick five. Very good. Um, and I'm a lot like Vince in that uh, I get excited when I like a horse at five or eight or 10 to one. And I'll single that. And then, you know, I might have the favorite in every other leg mm -hmm. on my ticket. Hoping I'll buy, I'll to buy beat, that, yeah. Hoping to beat a couple of yeah, them and get yeah, a good yeah. pay. You'll still get an okay pay yeah. if you've gotten the eight to one single home, right? Yeah, and I, I just, uh, I play less when, um, if I'm ever tempted to single a heavy favorite, I, I would play less there. I would, you know, use another horse in that race. I, I just don't have a ticket where I have all three favorites super prominent. I mean, as you guys know and said, it's just not going to pay anything if the favorites come in. So, yeah, I get excited when uh, I do like a horse at a little bit of a price, and then I'll I'll build from there and, and often buy two tickets, like Bill mentioned. So, uh, hey, uh, then there's people that buy $10, $20 pick fours with all the favorites, hoping to hit, you know, a $32 pay and have it a bunch of times. There's uh, as many ways to play them as there are horse players, but... Uh, there is uh, a couple of angles on playing the pick four, of which we have a real interesting one at Emerald Downs on Sunday, races five, six, seven, and eight. The Washington Oaks, the Emerald Distaff, the Muckleshoot Derby, and race eight, the Long Acres Mile. Okay, let's do some selections. Uh, Bill, what do you got for us this week? Well, I got one on Saturday, okay. um, the six race. It is uh, eight claimer, nominates of two lifetimes, six furlongs. Got a field of seven. There's a lot of speed in the race. There's horses like Stylish Elegance, Too Tall to Call, Sizzlack, um, Man in Black. They all got a lot of early speed. And there's a couple horses I think will be getting good trips in there. Uh, the three Roddy Returns and the four Mischief Road. Roddy Returns is the one that I think is interesting. Third race off the layoff, gets to face a lot of three-year-olds. He's an older horse. And like I said, the, there's a big pace set, set up, I think, for Roddy Returns, who was just way too far back last time out. Hopefully, Zanino uh, learned a little bit. It was his first time aboard uh, this gelding, and uh, maybe he learned something not to drop the horse that far back because it's you know, difficult to come you know, seven, eight lengths off the lead. Uh, in sprint races at Emerald Downs. But uh, Rowdy Returns, I thought, was an interesting price horse in race number six on Saturday. Do you know the price on that one? Go ahead. Start talking. I'll get it for you. Oh, well, yeah. I didn't write it down. Uh, okay. Sometimes I just do my handicapping. Uh, sure. I could kind of figure out the favorite myself. But, I, you know, this horse was a uh, big price last time out. Went off at almost 20 to 1 and finished fourth beating three lengths in his last start where he was way far back. And I think he even gets a better uh, uh, pace scenario to run at uh, in, the, in, to, in, to, in Saturday's race. Uh, the, you know, the top three horses in that race on July the 30th were all in the top three at the first call. So it wasn't like there was any sort of, it wasn't like an accordion race where the right. early speed collapsed or anything like that. And uh, Roddy returns, uh, I would guess, well, Vince, let me, let me guess. Probably around, I would say, 10 to 1, I would be my guess. I can't <laughs> Vince has done so many races at different days. Where you know, you I know, have, and I just looked up Joe's horse, so go ahead. Patricia L. Is in, 9 to 5. Oh, is she? Okay, well, yeah. I'm not going to give that out. I mean, maybe I like her. Let's see. Oh, I've got a little bit of an upset here in race 6 on Friday night. Uh, Sir Deputy and Crooked Finger Ray both have three wins at the meeting. They're both going great. 
Um, they both beat the metal man in, you know, fairly close wins on different days, of course. Um, Sir Deputy's getting away from Cody's choices. Fantastic win on July 30th. Uh, but I'm I'm going to go with Bourbon with a twist. Alex Cruz for Vince Gibson, uh, claimed by the Gibson Barn in June and won right back with him. And when he did get beat here, he got beat by Warfront Fighter. He ran second there, and he got beat by Command Sergeant Major, who was dropping down. And so Bourbon with the twist from the outside post with tactical speed. Uh, he, he's proven that he likes this track a lot, and I'm going to give him a shot from probably just off the pace in race six on Friday night. Well, I looked it up. 15 to 1 on Rowdy Returns. Okay, that's uh, getting me interested more. Bourbon, is four, bourbon with a twist is 4 to 1. 4 to 1, okay. And I'll give one out here. You sure. liked one in the Oaks, didn't you? I did. Ah. And um, I like Princess Peyton. Ooh. Yeah. Um, out of Princess Kennedy. Exactly. And Princess Peyton, I know that the buyers are low and all that, but she is improving every out. And yeah, and it finally gets the route and her damn princess Kennedy won this race. Mm -hmm. And I believe it was 2016. And I don't see a bad race yet on princess Peyton's form. And I got to think, you know, this is kind of what she wants to do. So I think, uh, I think it's, she's 12 to one on the morning line. I think she's worth a look in the Oaks. Who's she by? Uh, oh, you don't have that right there in front of you. Okay. Princess Kennedy. We, well, she's out of Princess out Kennedy. Of, oh, Kennedy. Sun King. The dam, who oh. was uh, uh, our top two-year-old filly and top three-year-old filly, as Vince mentioned, she, she she's, won the Oaks. Um, she's by uh, Unified. And her first race against winners was, was solid, wasn't it? She ran runner-up to Oreo's Dream, who right. we were just talking about, and she finished pretty well there. And before that, she broke her maiden in a special weight, ran down That's a horse. That's a good angle. Yeah. And, the route. and she was facing older, some older fillies yeah. and mares, too. That's right. Correct. Right. So, you know, in a race where Slack Tide, who I certainly respect, she's awful fast and awful good. But, you know, sometimes, you know, the, the distance can be the great equalizer. So we shall see. Definitely. Bill, how about the mile? The mile, I'm you know, I'm between Sluice Tizwiz and Top Executive. Okay. I'm going to go with Top Executive, I guess, uh, for Blaine Wright. Blaine's got, what, three in the race, but uh, um, been in a couple sprint races on dirt this season at Emerald Downs. And like I said, he went in that, that, that allowance optional claiming race early on in the season. He went out and got uh, Papa's Golden Boy. And then, like I said, no one was beating Papa's Golden Boy in the Budweiser, and he finished second in that race. Um, and you get a, a you know, jockey chains Roman. Uh, he has some two-turn experience last year, including winning the Muckleshoot Derby here at Emerald Down. So, you know, he likes going around a ground. He won't be that far back. He is an inside post. He loves Emerald Downs, top executive, two, and uh, then sluiced his whiz, a strong second choice for me. I'll go on this one, too. Okay. Um, I'll... Uh... Uh, I'll go with the wild card. I'll take Majestic Eagle. Maybe it's because we want to see our buddy John Lindley do well. But I just get a feeling that this horse is going to tr try something different. You know, I've, we've watched him run a long time, and he's always been a competitive sort. So sometimes when you do something different with a horse like that, and I just, you know, know Neil Drysdale a little bit, I think he's got a, this one kind of figured out for this race a little bit. And all, if he loses, I can always blame Neil, which I like to do. So, <laughs> no, and I'll pick him. And I'll, I, I like Slews Tizwiz a lot, too. He yep. fits the profile, as I said. I, I'll pick him second. And I guess just to complete a trifecta, so I'd go Majestic Eagle over Slews Tizwiz. And background, I respect him. 
he's got a great chance to hit the board, of course. But, you know, as we've been saying all show, any of the results, all the Blaine Wright horses, I certainly respect them. Even Papa's Golden Boy, uh, you know, a horse like that, I wouldn't be surprised to see him jump up. It's just that kind of race. It is. And uh, background, beaten soundly in his most recent race in the Midwest uh, to couple really good horses and uh, the three horses he beat in the mud were all graded stakes winners right. i think if you go one race behind that there were a couple graded stakes winners in there so maybe not the biggest of fields but boy he's just a middle distance stud and what did you say early in this podcast he's four for six at a mile he sure is and they they know the route to do with this horse they you know they did it last year and it worked and you know you my both heard Mike yesterday. He's pretty confident he's got him right where he wants him for this race. Uh, I'm seeing background as a, a top miler. Once again, he came in last year and won. Uh, it might be a little bit different scenario this year. He might not be shuffled back quite as far with that number four post position. Even if he is, uh, he's proven to come from off the pace. So I'm going to go with background in the... 87th Long Acres Mile. So there's some great talk for this weekend. Outstanding racing. Uh, make a point to come out and witness the Long Acres Mile, and you'll have memories like Scott Hansen and us three and Mike Puich as well. Bill Downs calling his first mile on Sunday. And our trivia question, I, I forgot that last week. Uh, the previous week, the question had been in mile history on one occasion, the only Washington bred in the race won, in Emerald Downs mile history anyway, 26 runnings. Ed Nader in 2000, he was the lone Washington bred in the race, and he won at 40 to 1. Galen Mitchell for trainer Jim Penny and the home stretch farm. This week's question, uh, one jockey in Long Acres mile history rode the race just two times he had a win and a second name the jockey with a win and a second in only two mile mounts send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com and a little more trivia at the railbird rally on sunday but get to that handicap and uh, it's gonna be a great pick four sequence thanks for listening to horse racing northwest